You are listening to Let's Be Honest with Just Jonda. Hello and welcome to Let's Be Honest. I'm your host, Just Jonda, and tonight we have got an interesting show. It's actually a show I've been wanting to do for a couple of weeks, but I swear every time I got ready to do it, new hoes would come up and then had a tech difficulty. But we are going to just get in it and catch up on everything. Um, And it looks like because there's just so many of them, I'm probably going to have to do a part one and a part two because I have a feeling that the first two hoe topics, that's H-E-A-U-X because we're classy here, the first two hoe topics might just take us a little longer than um, an an hour. So I probably will cut this into two episodes. But if you are on the air live with us on Podbean, welcome. You can certainly call in and you'll see that on your app. If I don't answer right away, it may just because I'm trying to finish a thought. If I do answer, please don't say anything until I welcome you on because what I may do is answer you, but again, still be in the middle of finishing a thought and just not wanting to use your call, lose your call. May not be an issue at all. And many of you will be listening to this pre recorded, so you can ignore all of that. So tonight's topic, episode 57, I hope you all have been keeping up. The last two episodes, really good, especially the legal breakdown about the uh, the trial of Derek Chauvin, and I am going to be keeping up with that. In fact, I am going to do a special edition of the legal breakdown to go over the opening statements, because I do think that the opening statements based on the road mapping, and we'll talk more about that, definitely deserve their own episode. And then we'll get into a regular routine of updating every few weeks. But enough about that. What are we talking about tonight? We are talking about hoes in different area codes. Now, of course, I was inspired by the song uh, by Ludacris. But in this case, we're talking about a different kind of hoe. Some of them may be hoes to the game. Some of them may have been hoed out themselves. And a couple, well, they tried to be the master pimp. And we are certainly going to get into a few of those absolutely tonight. Now, the first story hot off the presses, this has been unfolding for several weeks now. We have Sharon Osbourne and the CBS hose. Now, some of you would may question, who's the hose here? And by the way, they're coming out of the 747 because when I tell you we're doing different area codes, I'm going to take you to them. So again, coming out of area code 747, 
we've got Sharon Osbourne and the CBS host. Who's the hoe here? CBS. Sharon Osbourne has been a part of the talk. And yes, we're talking about the infamous Sharon Osbourne, the wife of Ozzy Osbourne, a woman who apparently is credited with doing wonderful things for his career. And I will give it to her. She was probably like a right below in terms of skills, a, a, um, what's what is this woman's name oh my god it's a, a chris jenner it's just that things were not quite where they are now as far as social media when sharon began to build up her family when they saw the end of ozzy's career coming i mean at the point where america began to really see him as something other than um you know a rocker trying to still be shocking and biting the heads off of bats and what have you it was Ozzy Osbourne Black Sabbath, I think. Yeah. So by the time we saw him on a reality show, I mean, he could barely talk. I mean, he's considered an icon. So he got respect for that, but they relished being trashed. They enjoyed the idea that they were getting attention for being rich trash and they definitely ushered in bringing in the reality show with the family they did it before the jenners did it um or the kardashian jenners and had there been perhaps well there's there's a couple of factors that um were the perfect storm for the kardashians the osbournes didn't have all of them but the most important one that was missing uh for them was just what social media was by the time the Kardashians were really fully entrenched and how they were able to use that to just, whether we like it or not, just change the whole game. They also had the fact that they were American. They have uh, daughters who were all in the mix with they're old enough to date, marry. You got the sex tape. You have things that are a bit more salacious than, and some of you may not like it, but I'm going to call it what it was because if we're going to have the conversation, we're going to have it. It was a lot different than Sharon Osbourne running around with her voice like this, you know, with the British accent and her two chubby, annoying just not likable kids because let's call a spade a spade on that show neither kid was likable kelly or jack the show was really a kind of seeing what they were going to do with ozzy next hey king marty so there was a point where the show came to an end as all shows do so what are we going to do next well we're going to use our massive wealth to buy our way into Hollywood spaces that given how we look, given how just who we are, we are people who enjoy being trash and just, you know, swimming in it. Um, that's not, that's only going to get you, but so far, that's not going to get you past MTV. So, or past MTV. So what they did was they did a cleanup. Sharon, again, began to buy them into spaces. All of a sudden, Kelly 
is into fashion. She is now appearing on shows. You know, she did the fashion police a couple of times. You saw her, um, hi, Slavelle. You saw the, the fashion police a few times and she started to lose weight. You saw her on Dancing with the Stars. Jack was still kind of getting in trouble. Ozzy was in the background. And lo and behold, because again, buying your way into spaces, Sharon did try the talk show thing, didn't quite work out, but she ended up on the talk. This was a show created, for those of you who don't know the history, the show was created by Sarah Gilbert around 2010, because it's been on for about 10 years. And Sharon was a part of the original group of women with uh sarah gilbert because it was supposed to be sort of an answer to the view so you had the lesbian you had sharon osborne i believe julie chen was one of the original cast members and she is um infamously les moonvez's wife and you also had holly robinson peep well known for being educated involved in uh, lots of causes and leah remini who we know does not hide from a controversy or having things to say show started out then i won't go through all the different cast members but has had several iterations over the years sarah gilbert herself uh was there probably until about its eighth or ninth season and given that she was the creator and executive producer i think it's safe to say that was in large part because that was right around the time when the reboot of roseanne came along so of course she went on uh, to ABC. Not sure uh, because I tried to look it up and it still wasn't clear whether or not she maintained something with the show, but hopefully given that she was the crea creator, she has something or other. Now, skipping ahead, we know that of all the cast members, Sharon Osbourne is the last one standing from season one, but now she's on with not one, but two uh, Black women. She there is comedian Cheryl Underwood, as well as the black woman Elaine Helterworth. There is Amanda Klutz, and there is Carrie Ann Anaba, who many of us know from Dancing with the Stars. You know, okay, Carrie Ann. A lot of these people, you just go, wow, they clearly have good agents. And so um, a few weeks ago, as many of you may know by now there was the infamous royal interview with Harry and Meghan, which I'll get into later when we talk about royal hoes. Well, after the interview with Harry and Meghan, there was a lot to fall out, especially overseas. And one of the big names, or at least over there, I guess he's a big name that kept coming up in all of this mess was Pierce Morgan, because he has notoriously just had a boner for Megan um, uh, for the, the Duchess of Sussex since day one. And, and we know there's a whole story about him um, having drinks with her. And the next thing you know, she, it, well, not the next thing you know, she already had plans. When she left, she actually met Harry while she was out um, going on the plan she told Pierce Morgan because they only met for a drink. The interesting thing about this story, uh, just as a side note, is that this piece of dough actually thought that he had a chance with her. And then when you find out that she's with Prince Harry, you actually think 
you've got a chance over him. And then are we forgetting to mention Pierce was married at the time? So just so many layers to the foolishness. But at any rate, he claims it's not personal. It's probably a little of both. So we know there's the racism, the sexism, all of that. Sharon Osbourne comes out, makes a tweet, nothing big, but essentially says, I, um, basically I support Pierce Morgan. And she got a lot of hell for it online. The next day, or maybe the day after, she goes to work at the talk and there are differing stories about how this came up, but I am more inclined to believe the individuals that say this story coming up was no surprise to Sharon. In fact, she insisted on it, which totally makes sense because that is what someone who's obsessed with themselves would do. This is why is it a story for all of us that you're getting uh, some flack on Twitter because of a comment you made about someone who was in the middle of a controversy that's none of your GD business. So of course she wanted to bring it up. She wanted an opportunity to defend herself and tell the world why she isn't racist. Meanwhile, there has been numerous incidents where Sharon has been involved in making statements behind the scenes. And that was nothing new. It was something CBS allowed to go on. The story about um, her calling Holly Robinson, Pete Ghetto and Leah Remini Ghetto and ultimately that leading to them being off the show. That wasn't a new story. At least it wasn't for those of us who pay attention to the celebrity gossip and the comes, comings and goings on these shows. And Leah Remini is certainly not one to hold her tongue. So it was in her book. So this is not someone that people particularly like. And if you notice, do you see Sharon Osbourne hanging out with any Hollywood friends like anybody else? No, because she purchased her seat at the table. But CBS apparently thought it was cool to have this outspoken British woman who spends more time than less being not only loud, but loud and wrong. But I guess it was supposed to be cute because she's older. I mean, she's 68. She's not a million and certainly old enough to know better. So this topic comes up. She, of course, says, I'm not a racist. Why are people calling me racist? Cheryl Underwood, because it was directed towards her, does a wonderful job of keeping her cool by saying to her, I don't think that you're racist. Well, I do, but I don't think that you're racist. I consider you to be a friend of mine. However, as it relates to these other people, this you know, she began to try to give her some understanding as to why others may feel that way and to attempt to give her some understanding of the nuance that comes along with uh, race and race politics, especially um, in this country. So Sharon who was sitting there with a black woman, two of them, by the way, who are trying to explain these matters to her, decides, I don't want to listen to any of this because it's not fitting the narrative. If you just announcing to the world, I'm not a racist, 
uh, that's the way I took it. So she's yelling. She's. They go to commercial. They come back. They had to cut her mic several times. That is how outrageous her behavior was in terms of just yelling. There were, at one point, she yells at uh, Cheryl, just, you know, will you teach me or you explain it to me or, or something just really ridiculous. And she goes, and you better not cry. I'm the victim here. I should be crying. Yes, she yelled at a Black woman, you better not cry. At a certain point, uh, Elaine Welter, Welterruth just literally, Welter Roth, I'm sorry, literally just turned around and was like, okay, I'm I, I'm just not here. Carrie Ann decided, tried, was it Carrie Ann? One of them decided to jump in and then they jumped right back out. Not their fight, girl. You better stay away. So. Needless to say, that gets really messy. It turns into a thing where Sharon storms off the set. The show is put on hiatus for what was supposed to be a couple of days and has now turned into, I guess we're coming up on two weeks now, that the show has been off. And the most recent news is that Sharon Osbourne is not coming back to the show. However, she still blames everybody from the production staff to her co-workers, including blaming Cheryl herself for this happening to her. And we, we won't go into what I call the three W's, which is the, uh, when we talk about these tears, we're, we're just not, it, it's, it's not even worth it. But um, yes, we do know that Sharon employed the infamous, the, uh, the all important weaponized white woman tears. Okay, so if you hear me say three WT, you know what I'm talking about. None of that showed any empathy towards anybody else in this situation. And again, you have the fact that it's everybody else's fault. They should have told me the people in production didn't properly prepare me. And then CBS, the hoes that they are. Because Sharon Osbourne's just buying herself in the spaces. The, the, the hoes here are CBS, who A, knew she was problematic. They knew she was problematic before she got there. She has been problematic multiple times since she's been there. The stories that are coming out are absolutely disgusting. And even from current individuals, particularly um, Elaine Welteroff and her hair person, both of them have said that there is an undertone of racism and sexism. It, um, at that studio and, and on that set. So there are definitely issues and particularly racism on that set. There are things that came out about her using anti-Asian remarks as it relates to Julie Chen, who, <clears throat> excuse me, the interesting thing about Julie Chen, especially being on a show that was supposed to celebrate women, is that she was married to Les Moonves, you know, Les Moonves, who ran CBS, he was the chairman. He, you know, wanted to make the Tiffany X, uh, the Tiffany Network, the, I guess the, the light of moral of morality, particularly um, when it came to the Super Bowl. 
coverage. And he is the person who famously uh, clearly blackballed Janet Jackson as it relates to that Super Bowl performance, but in, but then ultimately gets fired from CBS. He was given a golden parachute, of course, was fired from CBS because CBS because of his sexual behavior. So his wife did stay on the talk a little bit longer after that. She also, I believe she's still to this day, the host of Big Brother, but um, I know she still was last summer. So, hey, she keeps a job. I guess they said your contract's got nothing to do with him. But anyway, the real hoes, absolutely CBS. CBS sat around and allowed all of this stuff to go on until now. In fact, still, they didn't announce that Sharon was fired. Sharon was able to do this on her own terms, although word today is that she's still not done. And I believe it. She's scrappy. That she came out and said that she wasn't going back because she doesn't see how that's going to happen. Because again, she's the victim. And that... Um, so she's not going back. And CBS made a statement about how they're looking at the show. They're they're talking to all the people that work on the show. They're making sure that everybody gets more training and more sensitivity training and just so much more learning for everybody so that in the future, they are better prepared for these discussions. Excuse me? Cheryl was prepared. Elaine was prepared. These are two educated women who are speaking from the perspective of being other, of being Black. And Cheryl in particular, not only is she a Black woman, she is a former national president of a Black Greek letter organization. She also, and like I said, she's an educated woman. She is also a very dark-skinned Black woman. And I bring that up because she also has had to deal with a lot of issues as it relates to not just race, but colorism and featureism as well. So if there is anybody who was prepared to school her and was attempting to do it in a manner that was respectful, friendly, and in a lot of ways, trying to literally save Sharon from herself because of the respect she had for Sharon going into that conversation, it would be Cheryl Underwood. But now she needs training too? Okay, CBS, we see your hoe card and we have pulled it. Next. Coming in from the 404. And for those of you who don't know, that is Atlanta. Now, that's not the only place that this man has resided, but that appears to be the place that is the home base for his hoe kingdom. And that is none other than internet personality, Derek Jackson. Now, just a little background as far as me and as it relates to this, because a lot of people are like, who is Derek Jackson? But then you have a lot of other folks who are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you don't know who he is. Okay, let me tell you something. I am good and damn grown. I do not spend all of my time on the internet looking for advice. 
period, number one, I, I'll, I go to a therapist for that. And two, not from someone who is essentially a child who came up with a hustle to get people to, I guess, forget that he is a child. Okay, so let me tell you why Derek Jackson is a child, and then we'll get into the specifics of this whole situation. And this, there's a little twist on the whole situation here. So Derek Jackson is an internet personality or internet personality that drives me crazy, who holds himself out to be, and I'm trying to find my notes because I literally chuckled when I wrote this down, a love ambassador. Now, if I were to put on my legal hat, I would say, well, to be honest, he was a love ambassador. I mean, if you're going to be a love ambassador, you probably have to go around and make sure that everybody knows. <laughs> okay, it's bullshit. All right, so Derek Jackson is 31 years old. He is, and I'm about to tell you, Slavelle, who he is. And you don't spell it J-A-C-K-S-O-N. When you look him up, is J-A-X-N. Yes, it's ridiculous, because I think the last name is Jackson, based on his wife. So this young man, as I'm going to call him, apparently was a college football star somewhere down south. And very handsome young man, kept up his physique and all of that. So roughly about say his hustle has been going on for at least six years five or six years ago he began to do videos um and his shtick is he does them from his car and, and i mean it's no big deal a lot of people do videos from their car you get quiet and all of that and he talks about relationships and where he was able to get his niche group was that who he specifically focused on based on his conversation was black single women, especially women who were hurt or who had gotten to that men ain't shit point. Why? We can get into that whole thing another time, you know, so many more of us versus them and men, women on a certain level and, and men and, you know, the commodity theory. So many more of us than there are of them. So you end up sharing them, etc. We We know the, the deal on that. So what he would do is he would basically, I, I put it like this, Derek Jackson was able to pull together several things that gave him the perfect whole ministry. First, he tapped into the toxicity of the traditional black church as it relates to women. The one where there is a pastor with a church full of women essentially convincing them that there is some nobility in being miserable. So he tapped into that group because this next coming group of women coming along aren't buying into that. They're not filling the pews and the collection plates to listen to that. They may feel that way, but they're not going for somebody else to tell them that. So that's one piece. The second piece 
is the Steve Harvey act like a man, but um, what is it? Act like a man, but think like a woman type thing of saying, this is man's game. This is how they run game on y'all. And I'm trying to help you. And the third and most important piece that's going to get the women. He's pretty. He's tall, dark, and handsome with nice teeth and speaks well. I'm talking directly to you and I'm a good guy. I know all about this stuff because I am the good guy. So what is that going to do? It's going to make women listen to him. This is a man that actually benefited from pretty privilege. He really did. Pretty privilege. Just like women do, he did here. So he put all of those ingredients together and was basically able to come up with a pulpit from his car where women loved him, men hated him, even though the same men who hated him wished they had came up with his shit first. So every man's waiting for him to fall and all the women are wanting somebody like him. Perfect. Now, was he the biggest internet star? No, of course not. But he had enough of a following that he was able to sell books and he's able to do the um, the convention circuit. And that's really all you need. You get a couple of people coming out to see you. You charge a reasonable rate and you do a couple of those seminars a month. And then they're going to buy your books when they're there. You're not selling somebody else's shit. Not to mention the money you're going to make from your YouTube. Okay, you don't have 18 million viewers like some of these other kids. But if you've got what he has, you got about 200 and something thousand subscribers. And of course, even more people are watching because not everybody who watches you subscribes. Well, what we know about YouTube, that's a nice little check if your viewers are consistent. And then, of course, he has a strong following on Instagram, which, of course, gets him AdSense and all of that. So we know the game. Okay. So in the midst of all of this, Derek is the, while wearing his sweatshirt, Black Men Don't Cheat, as many of us have suspected, was the biggest hoe in town. And not just recently, not just the incidents he and his wife talked about, because that woman has so much going on that she needs some real therapy for, that despite the fact that this all of this stuff broke on Derek by virtue of an internet uh, vlogger and personality, Tasha Kay, on the weekend of March 19th and 20th, his wife had written some stuff on her Instagram that nobody paid attention to until now on February 26th that shows that not only has she been, you know, we know that they've been chasing each other down for years or they've had this back and forth, but not only has he been cheating for years, but she knew it even in college, one of her 
writings, the February 26th one is so disturbing that this woman talks about, now she says 10 years ago, we know they're 31, 10 years ago was when they were in college. So who else was she talking about when you look at all the pictures she sees adoring him? And mind you, she's a bit plain because that's what they do. We keep you at home. She's in, so she talks about being so obsessed with what she calls the spirit of obsession and jealousy that she would watch the videos of she wouldn't she didn't say his name but of someone we are going to allege that it's him we're gonna assume it's him that's who you were with girlfriend of someone sleeping with other women some of them even her friends because, yeah, even back in the early 90s, guys were recording sex, whether the women knew about it or not. Unfortunately, then they had big, giant VHS tapes, but at least they were easier to get a hold of. So anyway, she would watch the videos of presumably him and these other women, friends of hers, other girls on campus, and watch them closely so that she could figure out what is it that makes them better than her. She talks about, I'm sorry to bring this up, right down to bodily fluids. How can I make my body do that? And why would a woman want that? So that you can keep the man. So they've known each other for 12 years. Now they're 31, so we're basically going back to college, 18, 19 years old. They did not get married until four years ago when she became pregnant with child number two. In between, as they say, they were breaking up and getting back together. Well, we know what that was. She was waiting for her, for her turn, and finally... Baby number two, she put he puts a ring on her finger. Now, up until a week ago, none of this was a discussion. Derek Jackson was just this good guy. Ever so often, there would be a few darts thrown here or there, but he was able to dodge them until he basically messed with the wrong person. And that would be um, internet personality um, Tasha Kay, who has almost a million viewers on YouTube. So about a year or two ago, she had someone contact her and tell her a story about their relationship with Derek Jackson. And um, this person was, you know, educated person. I recall her even mentioning that the person was uh, some kind of professional. So that was part of the issue because the woman gave her the story, but understandably backed out of actually appearing and you know substantiating the story in person with the audience because of concerns of what it would do to her life and and you know i get it so despite not having the woman appear tasha i'm sorry if i clap my hands there tasha did at least talk about the story because as far as she was concerned I still vetted the story. I'm just not physically bring, bringing the person on. Okay, that's fine. Reporters do that all the time. So Derek, instead of ignoring this the way that he has to ignore many people, especially guys who are always like, oh, this dude is on some bullshit. He decides to come out, call Tasha a liar and say that she was a narcissist. And, you know, 
the spark was lit. At that point, I don't know how much time, if any, she devoted to it consciously or unconscious or unconsciously. The spark was definitely lit that someday, somehow, when she got him, she was going to get him. And this is a person who does many, many stories a week. So don't get it wrong. She, she does things every day. So it wasn't just the Derek Jackson show, show. But I guess when the right evidence fell in her lap, it was on and popping. So about, I guess, yeah, because I was the first. So by the way, on his show, never talks about the wife. Wife never, never appeared. And her last name on, on Instagram is spelled Jackson, not like his. So there are still a lot of people, even people who went to his seminars, still funny, who um, didn't even know he was married. So the weekend of the 19th or 20th, uh, Tasha does her show. She lets the audience know I have got something for you. And the something for you that she had was Derek's, uh, Derek Jackson's, what, at least that day, because the story definitely got bigger and bigger as the days go on. But at least that day, what the listeners, I guess, assumed was his most recent mistress, which was a woman he had known for 10 years, so almost as long as his wife. And even when he talked about it, he acknowledges, yes, they have known each other for 10 years. However, according to the woman, they did not, you know, they kind of had a flirtatious thing going, but it never went anywhere until sometime into last spring or summer. And, you know, things happened. They started talking on a different level, like, okay, are we really going to do this? Derek said that he was separated from his wife, which based on some of the things his wife said, his wife probably wasn't physically living in the house at this time because they were on one of their breakup to make up uh, hiatus or hiatus. <laughs> so that so the fact that the wife wasn't physically at the home when the girlfriend was there only helped his story that he was in the midst of uh, being separated because anybody can verify whether or not you're divorced. I mean, it's not hard to pull that stuff up online. Another episode, I'll tell you how. So these two were hanging out so much that even during his birthday, his birthday was in July. She, him, a couple of his friends, and he asked her to bring some friends. So a couple of her friends, he brings them along. And by the way, these women look totally different from the wife, of course. They're more like, you know, the love and hip hop-ish type. Not totally. I mean, they're not Carly Red, But again, they have that look that one would expect of the girls getting flued out, as they call it, and hanging out on the boat with the sexy guys and the perpetrators for the birthday, you know, that fake yacht life. So they do that for his birthday. They, she spends time with him, you know, when they have some of their trysts in his home. So all of those things 
and I'm not defending anyone one, one way or the other, but it does make sense that if she did, if he did indeed tell her that he was separated, it makes sense. It, it would make sense for her to believe it because you're in the man's house and you're coming freely and it's no big deal. So that is how that situation went. And if I recall, based on what she said, it sort of just ran its course. Maybe early fall, it just kind of it just kind of wrapped up. I can't rem I, I can't remember who wanted to see who, and I don't think it was entirely without a little bit of animus, but you know, relationships end. It, you know, if they were meant to be together, it probably wouldn't have taken 10 years. And plus he's married and a hoe. Next, it within a few days, you have another mistress call in and say, wait a minute. I saw the video where he comes out with his wife because a few days later, now he and the wife do a video together where she's wearing what looks like a nighttime hair bonnet, but she claims not only is it, it, it was a hat, but it is her helmet, was it her helmet of salvation or something? That's a whole hot mess because we're pretty sure that she attends a church that is real out there. We'll, we'll have to talk about that on part two because um, there's some videos that go along with that. So he comes out with this video. He basically makes it sound like all I could think of was the old school, I have sinned, like Jimmy Swaggered. And he just, he's basically says, I cheated on my wife. He may not have used those words. I don't think he did. He, I stepped out on my marriage. And he he does recognize that he did it a number of times. Of course, doesn't say how many times. And that they have gone back and forth over the years. And she says the same thing. But she, of course, goes into the whole religion and preachy, preachy thing to talk about the fact that he and I are going to be together and this has, you know, just renewed us and made us stronger, you know, the whole nine yards. It was almost like she was the politician's wife who's standing there clearly on some serious Prozac while the husband admits to his affair or in the case of Jim McGreevy in New Jersey, admitted that I am a gay American and that he had a boyfriend, excuse me, and the wife is standing there barely being held up. Well, this one was sitting there with her hand being crushed. The only difference is she started talking like a Stepford wife as opposed to just standing there. And again, a whole lot of that real toxic a game that gets run, especially when you add religion into it. And it's like, honey, I don't know what Jesus you are serving, but darling, Jesus is love. And that ain't it. But I, I guess she missed that day. She only went on the fire and brimstone and stand by your man like the first lady stands by me um uh, sermons 
So within another day, this guy is so full of himself. He actually does a video critiquing his own video the next day. Meanwhile, his wife is spiraling on Instagram just Bible verse after Bible verse. And then she comes on braless again with a sweatshirt and a hat and all of this the next day talking about her armor and her helmet of salvation. I mean, it was a mess. And then you have folks who are good and mad. And I can't believe that. And he, you know, he lied and blah, blah, blah. And then you have some people who are like, well, even though he may have been lying, that doesn't mean that everything he said has no value. Well, I guess you have to tell yourself whatever helps you sleep at night after spending money on his books and his tchotchkes. I will say it, uh, hey, that dude, Sean, that just entered the live studio, um, I will say this. While I understand that this, for some people, takes on that whole, like R. Kelly, separate the man from the music, and this one, separate the man from the message, there is nothing that Derek Jackson told anybody that is new. Men cheat. Not all men cheat. Okay. There are black men who don't cheat, like on his sweatshirt. Okay. He just wasn't one of them. And the game that he was telling you about for years, well, he knew the game because that is the game he was running. Okay. All of that makes sense. However, that does not excuse the fact that there were legions of you willing to listen to a man that still wet behind the ears. He just barely came off of the college football field and then somewhere between the ages of 25 and 31, he basically coronates himself as an ambassador of love, some kind of relationship guru. And by the way, that ambassador of love thing or relationships, he actually has that on blackdoctors.org, which now I have no respect for because I didn't know that anybody can just go on there, write some stuff, essentially, I guess, declaring yourself a doctor because why else would you be on there and giving yourself stupid titles? So, um, and then as far as the people that are upset, like I said, you were listening to a child who came up with a really cool idea to tell a niche group that is always looking for someone to tell them why. Well, he gave you a why and then tossed in a few why should you's and why you should nots, put it in a pretty package, which was him, all chocolate skin muscles and big teeth, and you got what you wanted for that hour or so a day or a week when you were listening to him in his car, you felt good. When you went to his seminar and paid the money, you felt that you got something out of it. Even if it was the fact that he flirted with you a little, because we know he did. Don't act like he didn't have a room full of women and smile at you and flirt with you. Of course he did. And now folks are mad. And you know who else are mad? The guys are mad. The guys who hated him anyway. Well, we knew and blah, blah, blah. 
Why are you mad? Because he came up with it and you didn't? He just put it in a different package, a package that was prettier than you? Lil Boosie been trying to tell people how they run their lives for the longest, but nobody wants to take advice from someone who looks looks like in the middle of committing the numerous crimes that you have been arrested for and all of the other stuff you haven't been arrested for someone set you on fire and didn't put you out until the setting went to extra crispy horrible so no nobody's gonna listen to you because not only do you sound crazy, you look crazy. You don't put it together in a pretty package. There's a reason why certain people are chosen to sell makeup and well, some people aren't. Well, Derek Jackson's chosen to sell makeup because Derek Jackson's pretty. And Derek Jackson knows how to sell his shit. And all the people he sold it to, I'm still laughing at you. And by the way, a few nights ago, uh, I believe it was last Wednesday, yet another woman comes out who slept with him as recently as March 18th. She's a doctor who got pregnant by him over the past few months, and he actually wanted her to have the baby, which she didn't. She also points out now that she sees it because she wasn't on social media. She doesn't have time. She's a doctor. She has now seen the videos and realizes that some of those car videos he must have taped while he was waiting for her outside of her house because part of the columns from the front of her building is in them. And then, of course, he turned out to like always be there for lunch and stalking and all kinds of stuff. So real messy or I won't say stalking, stalker ish behavior. There was it. it I think that um, had this not come out, this woman would have needed to worry about a bunny being boiled in her sink if what she said is true. So just messy. And apparently she has videos of him walking around naked in her house, which she said she was going to provide to Tasha Kay. So I guess the world will see and or hear what, Derek Jackson and Lil Derek are all about, or Lil Mr. Jackson, who knows what he calls that thing. All I know is whatever it is, that is one wayward penis. Next, we're going to go, and this will be the last of the hoes that we talk about in this episode, because as I, as I suspected, the Sharon Osbourne and uh, Derek Jackson uh, host stories took up time. So we're going to just do another quick one because this is more is similar to Sharon Osbourne in that the hoes in this are more so the corporation. So coming out of the 724, and that is because this season was filmed at Nebacolin in Pennsylvania, we have The Bachelor and Disney hoes. So let me tell you where The Bachelor and Disney screwed up. For those of you who don't know, uh, Disney owns ABC. So that's why I said Disney hosts. Disney ABC. And of course, they own The Bachelor. This show has been on for 
so many years that the most recent season was the 25th season. Now, it hasn't been on for 25 years. It is just that it's such um, a popular show for them. And, and like most reality shows, uh, cheaper to produce than network shows, even with getting all of those people there, they're, they're still a fraction of what the salary would be for one actual star of a network show. So um, if you ever wonder why you see so many reality shows, that's because they're notoriously cheap to produce. So at any rate, The Bachelor works out. It's a win-win for them because as a reality show, cheaper to produce, but they're able to make it really nice because it's very popular. Um, they even have it come on for like two hours at eight o'clock. So it's a big deal. So in the wake, and I talked a little bit about this in one of our previous episodes, in the wake of the whole uprising in June with uh, after the murder of George Floyd, when networks and companies and, and just all of them, let's face it, everybody was pandering. I mean, you know, you had the stuff with the cereal. I mean, I'm sorry, with Mrs. Butterworth. I mean, you name it, it's it was all going on. So after umpteen seasons of The Bachelor, now they had already had a first Black woman bachelor in Rachel Lindsley. And Rachel Lindsay, who will come up a little bit in this story. But after 24 seasons of The Bachelor, they had yet to have a Black Bachelor, despite always having Black women who, of course, never get picked. So they decide, and we know why it was done, suddenly by the end of June, early July, there was an announcement that season 25, America, look out. We are having the first Black Bachelor. Not only are we having him, he is the bomb.com. This is a guy that you saw and he stole hearts just being a best friend of one of the other contestants without ever being on the show. This is a guy who is a former football player from Wake Forest, a graduated, smart guy, articulate, all the stuff, ticks all the boxes for mama. And he is tall, dark, and handsome. We've got the black guy who's going to make America comfortable. And then they hold out and we find out, for those of us who weren't really following it too closely because we already knew what it was. So for those of us who weren't following it too closely, you found out on the first episode, on top of that, he's not scary black because his mother is actually white. But this guy is not Obama black with a white mother. He is forward facing black, deeper than my complexion, black guy. Very handsome. Now he lets us know from the first episode, he basically tells, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, black women kiss his ass. Cause on the first episode he says, I know that a lot of people expect certain things from me because I'm the first black bachelor but you shouldn't because, you know, I'm going to make whatever choice is best for me. Plus, you know, I grew up here, there, whatever. And my mother, and also my mother is white. Translation, 
I'm probably not going to pick a black girl, but, you know, calm down. Well, as the season went on, and you may have heard, unless you've been living under a rock, there were a couple of missteps. One of them was that uh, involving him, although this was a little bit later, where they brought his father, who was not always in his life on the show, for him to essentially dress his father down about not being in his life, despite the fact that the father thought he was just coming on there to meet whomever Matt was interested in. Now, we know that ABC was shady for that. I also can only feel but so sorry for Matt's father because the reality of it is, is that if you were in his life, as he says that you weren't, and if you had taught him to be the man that he says you didn't, then perhaps your six foot something black man would know not to be on this white network being pimped out, having them, and I'm not even talking about The Bachelor, I'm, you know, that's fine, that's the name of the game, but pimped out in the sense that he would have known the implications of having a back porch conversation on the front porch when this is a show where the viewership has got to be like something like 70 plus percent white. And you as a black man is going to bring another black man on here and dress him down for not being in your wife. That's a, we all know what are back porch and front porch conversations. That was a back porch conversation. That does not mean that you didn't have a right to confront your father, but you don't do that for somebody else's politics because that's exactly what that ended up doing. That was exactly to have all of middle America and all of these people to sit there and go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But again, that's really the fault of the father who he says left him. Now, some of the other stuff went a little awry, you know, with the mom and all of that. Okay, fine. As the show goes on, it becomes clear as he gets down to the final however many probably it blew up maybe around by the time he got to about the final five because it was clear that one of the women who was and, and uh, nobody even understands why but who managed to be a front runner this woman rachel k her name has way too many k's in it so i'm not going to say it right so i'm gonna call her exactly what they called her on the show rachel k who um, has, it, it turns out, and some of her friends put her out there, has a history of not exactly having the best judgment when it comes to racial politics, particularly in tweets and stuff, and photos of her attending an antebellum party three years ago in 2018. Now, even if this was sponsored by her college, she still would have been 22 because she's 25 now. So when this came, right around the time this came out, Chris Harrison did an interview with um, Rachel Lindsay, who has a podcast and also was doing the interviews. I believe it was on E, uh, which one comes on ABC? Because it's the ABC show. Whichever show comes on um, ABC, she did an interview with him. No, actually it might've been ET, whatever. 
she did an interview with him and she brought that up and he basically lit her up. Chris Harrison was like, you don't know um, what was going through her mind. That was 2018. You're looking at it through the lens of 2021 and things were different then. We also now know that Chris Harrison has attended an antebellum party or two himself. That's come out too. Um, you also, uh, he said, it, you know, these things weren't issues between before the woke police comes into play. So it turns into a whole thing. Ultimately, Chris Harrison apologizes. Their apologies were bullshit. Bachelor Nation is having a fit, although most of the contestants all came out in support of Rachel Lindsay because the rest of Bachelor Nation of fans and stuff have been so horrible to her. They've essentially driven her off of the internet and she's vowed never to do anything with the Bachelor franchise again because as she has said, this has gone on with her behind the scenes and others trying to get the Bachelor franchise to do better as it relates to um, minorities and the types of people they bring on the show and even some things that go on behind the scenes that she has been um, very vocal with them about doing better in this regard. In the meantime, you have the fact that it does become obvious because the weeks are going by that Matt is going to choose Little Miss Antebellum Party, Little Miss Scarlett O'Hara without the looks. Dark hair though. So ultimately he does choose her and now he's in the middle of a mess because America has enlightened him to something that he probably, between where he grew up, perhaps his mom not having a connection with his dad, then going to Wake Forest and still being insulated because he played football. And so of course, then you're a jock, so you're still not getting um any of the bullshit that may come along with the um racial aspect of a campus experience at a pwi and i do know um that wake forest is no different than any other pwi when it comes to uh some issues needing to be addressed as it relates to race in fact um some of the individuals, I'm, I'm actually acquainted with some individuals there, and these are specific things that they are addressing, no different than any other PWI, by the way, that needs to look at uh, its diversity, its diversity policies, and et cetera. But again, when you're a jock, you are still insulated from some things. So it is clear that Matt has essentially had his, holy crap, I am a black man in America with all the crap that goes along with that. Doesn't matter that I just moved into a penthouse with my white best friend. It is real in these streets. Now, I suspect his brother, 
who's super cute and a rapper and all of that has probably tried to tell him, but you know, different experiences because the brother is on a whole other end of the spectrum. <laughs> it's, it's so wild. So anyway, he comes back. He's got a big beard and all of this after the final rose when he doesn't propose to any of them. And by the way, anybody who watched the show knew that he wasn't going to propose to any of them. He doesn't propose to any of them. He comes back. It turns out they've broken up, although not as quickly as they try to make it sound. Those two didn't break up until around Valentine's Day. And the whole thing is just really pitiful. So who's the hoe in all of this, right? Because I'm going to wrap this up. Who's the hoe in all of this? Well, I got to tell you, who it looks like the hoes in all of this is Matt. Matt was uh, the hoe in this, unwitting, like some of the other ones. Who'd he get pimped out by? Disney ABC. Now, Disney ABC ended up with some splashback as they should. We don't want pimps to, especially nefarious ones, uh, to get away scot-free. No, they have some cleaning up to do as well. Because in their zeal to try to show that they were on board in their zeal to take the words of Chris Harrison, show that they were woke and they were down with a cause. They jumped in, and I talked about this on a previous episode, they jumped in to proving that they were a network that they were actually not prepared to be. When it comes to Race, racial politics, diversity, and how this was handled. As I've said before, and I'm sure we're going to continue to hear as we are in this post-George Floyd world, you can try to throw things at this problem all you want. You can put all of the color out there as the titular character of your shows and all of those things and, and any other thing you want to do in the halls of corporate America and government and other places. However, if you don't deal with the core issues within your outfit, then it is going to be a mess. Disney ABC did not deal with the fact that they may not be diverse enough, that they, despite uh, having a Black network president, I'm not sure if she's still, if she's still there, um, I know that she got the job right when the big Roseanne blow up happened two years ago because she was the one that fired Roseanne. So that was around 2018, 2019, when they got a new president um, of ABC television. It was a black woman. Haven't heard much about changeover. I'm assuming she's still there, but it doesn't matter. That's one person in an office, just like every other thing that we have. Racism flows through the fabric of society, which means it flows through the fabric of people in all of our institutions. Until those things are dealt with head on, we talk about them, embrace them, admit them, be willing to accept our own conscious, deliberate, and or unconscious bias, then trying to just throw someone in there and go, well, we have some Black people today. 
that's not going to fix it, especially when there's a possibility that when that black person gets thrown in there, they might get called a nigger by somebody who was already there and nobody had to talk with them. Get what I'm saying? I hope you do. And I know we got a little bit serious with the hoes, but that is why I'd say that um, the hoe in this instance was Matt James, but unwittingly. He, there, there was a pimp with an agenda and the pimp was Disney ABC and Disney ABC did not make sure that the proper conditions were in place before they threw 30 some odd women in a house, the overwhelming majority of them being women of color yet did not take the time when they decided to make this statement to really look at this individual, their dating history and all of that, so that there would at least be the possibility of people seeing what they actually wanted to see, even if they don't admit it, at least the Black people that you were trying to get to think that your network is not racist, which is that you would have a person of color come on the show and they might actually, particularly a black man, might actually end up with a woman of color. Now, that's not to say that he had to, because the reality of it is, is that you should have looked a little bit more closely at your contestants as well, so that even if he ended up choosing a non-person of color, which he did, and, you know, we most of us expected him to, it would not be someone who is from a sundown town in Georgia. If you don't know what sundown town means, look it up. Uh, it's, you can find it on Google. Who is not only from a sundown town, but has problematic history in terms of their words and attends at least once or twice an antebellum party something that they knew was problematic because the campus allegedly had been telling them not to have them, but they had them anyway. And you went anyway, and you proudly took pictures while you were there. And no, you weren't a baby. 22, you're good and grown. Why are you going to college parties anyway? I don't care when your birthday is, you should be done. So, it, I mean, so it's just a mess. So you have all of that going on and um yeah i i just so i i wanted to give you all some of these hoes we're definitely going to have a part two because i definitely want to dig deeper into royal hoes and when it comes to the royal family it is full of hoes in more ways than one and then we are going to also talk about some just plain hoes it, particularly my favorites. I, I think I might even have to give them an H-E-A-U-X award. And that is to the women, the enterprising women who decided, you know what, we are not going to let any bans on parties or not being able to get a hotel room in time stop us from going down and shooting our shot at NBA All-Star Weekend and decided to just go ahead and rent a U-Haul and never thinking about getting back, but managing to do it with a GoFundMe to get home, which raised the money and got them home. You know, 
with those with that kind of hoeing going on out there that gives me hope it really does i mean i i am not knocking uh some hoes that are enterprising those are definitely the type that deserve to be called hoes not hoes anyway i hope you had a good time with me today we had some some stuff where we got a little serious but you knew where i was going with it and i'm glad that you hung with me tonight on this live and i will have it up for you tomorrow on all of my networks remember that you can communicate with me and follow along with everything that we have going on and i am getting uh going to be certainly doing more especially now that the Derek Chauvin case is going on uh particularly on Twitter so you definitely want to follow me there because in between the episodes I will be get doing um lots of my comments throughout the day um on Twitter so that's going to be where you'll keep most up to date with me feel free to dm me if you have any questions or um or anything like that or you can just ask the question right there on the feed and i'll answer it same thing on instagram and my twitter and instagram are the same uh at l-e-t-s-b-e-h-o-n-e-s-t-j-j for just jonda that's let's be honest JJ. You can also join in for the daily fun on the gossip and all of that stuff on the fashion and drama diaries on Facebook, which you will see in the uh, info for this episode. So all of that is there as well as all of the networks we're on. If you have Apple iTunes, please listen there. Leave us five stars and a review definitely trying to gain some traction there as well there and iHeartRadio. either one i'll love you love you love you for it and as always if you're thinking about it and want to talk about it let's not forget that chances are i'm thinking about it and want to talk about it with you so let's be honest together good night <laughs>